following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. We appreciate y'all for joining us here on this Wednesday evening, or if you're checking us out on one of your favorite places to catch podcasts. We have a very interesting show today with a surprise, surprise. We got ourselves a guest joining us here for the main event as well, so we'll have a lot to get into when he joins us as well. But for now, you're stuck with the two stooges of myself and my co-host, Kelsey. And Kelsey, it's... um. It's going to be an interesting one once we get Jared from the corner booth in here to join us. But for now, they're going to be stuck with us and our witty banter and everything else that comes with it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we're the Stooges or if Jared's going to be the Stooge. We'll see. Let's see how uh, yes. how Stooge like he shows up today with. Comes in here with any Eagles talk. We might have to shut that down real fast and in a hurry. Uh, but no, it'll be it'll be a good time. And nonetheless, uh, we, we always enjoy talking with Jared. And so um, it'll be good to finally have him on the show. It's been a while since uh, he was last here, since uh, getting ready for draft time, actually. Right, exactly. So we'll have to remind him it is a PG-13 program, but we will get into all of that and a whole lot more later. But first, we're going to go ahead and take a dip into the opening segment of our show, also known as the tip-off. And the tip-off, of course, is brought to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. Use code Belly of Sports for $20 off your first order. That is your first order, $20 off. Code Belly of Sports. Get yourself some nice seats to some fun events as well. And it's we're roughly 120 minutes of football played so far in the NFL per team. And the injury list is already starting to look like a CVS receipt. And that is literally just the Ravens. We haven't even got to everybody else yet as well, too, is unfortunately the injury bug has already struck a lot of NFL teams. The injury report is skyrocketing as well, too. What we're going to do is we're going to go down a handful of them. We're going to take a look at them. We're going to go. We're going to make this little game. Code red equals this is catastrophic as in, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Code gray is OK. This is not good. But next man up, there's a path we can navigate. Code blue is. All right, it's NFL. Somebody gets hurt. Like, we'll, we'll deal with that. So we're going to go down a list. I got a list for us. We're going to both go through them. So I hope you're ready, Kelsey, because we're going right out of the gate with the the most painful one to watch. We got Nick Chubb, star running back for the Browns, out for the season, guaranteed. Looks like he could take up to two surgeries as well. Just going to lead the way with this one. Code red, catastrophic. Not saying the Brown season is over, but my God, does it not look good, especially when we see what that passing game has looked like through eight quarters now, basically as well. And as soon as he went out, they stagnated minus a Jerome Ford set 69 yard burst. So I'm going to say this is code red catastrophic. The Browns are, they're not toast, but my, oh my, the path is a, it's no longer a yellow brick road. This is like the path through. She loves a layer at this point. Yeah. I'm the bottom line says it all. Uh, it's code red for me as well. Uh, that is as bad as it gets. Uh, you do not, ever want to see somebody's knee go that way and let alone somebody who's already suffered this exact well not this exact but similar injury to the exact same leg in college it was a little less worse in college um we're not talking about much i mean he absolutely tore everything in in college and and pretty much tore whatever was left plus whatever he got fixed the first time um now so we'll have to wait and see how he comes back from this but if he can't come back from this, it, it is concerning. Um, and the fact that I even threw in, can he come back from this as a possibility is kind of, it, it is, it just tells you how bad this is. This isn't a, this isn't a comeback in one year situation. This is a comeback whenever you're good situation. Like whenever you're capable of walking without pain, waking up and, and just simply standing on it without pain, that's, that's going to be the ultimate thing. I mean, look, Nick Chubb has been absolutely dominant the last couple of years to see him go out this way. And on such a, unfortunate tackle uh i'm not you know a lot of people are saying what they're saying about what minka fitzpatrick did unfortunately the problem with it is there's no good way to tackle anybody anymore in the nfl 
unless you do go after the knees, you're going to probably get called for a penalty most of the time. So um, it's an unfortunate situation, and it wasn't one like he directly went after the knees. I mean, he hit him with his backside uh, against the knee, and that's just – it's so sad. Uh, it really is to both players involved. I mean, obviously more so for Nick Chubb and everything he does for the game, everything he does outside the game as well. It's it's even more painful to see it, you know, not, not on the field anymore. But, yeah, I think Nick Chubb, man, this is – Definitely code red for the Browns. It's not going to be a good situation going forward. Bringing back Kareem Hunt, um, Jerome Ford, seeing who's who's going to lead the way there. Can Kareem Hunt capture what was once the best pass rusher or, or best rusher in the AFC? Um, can he ever recapture that? We'll have to wait and see. I will say too, on top of it, that Minka Phipps Patrick hit you mentioned, not dirty, but if anything, a bit of a dick move and a bit of a Weenie Hut Junior thing to the dive and spin tackle like that as well too. Like you mentioned. You don't tackle Nick Chubb at the chest because you die. You have to take his legs out. The way he went about it, we, we always kind of talk. We always talk about when you go down, you you see what you tackle. That one, he just kind of torpedoed and hoped for the best. Like not it, not not dirty, but we'll call it Weenie Hut Junior. Ask it at the most. It, but we'll kind of leave it at that as well. Too very. I won't say it was dirty, but it was definitely a a Weenie Hut Junior ta- tackle. I guess if that makes sense. Like just torpedoing. That's some Jeff Heat stuff, and that's that's all that needs to be said on that as well. So. We're gonna get we're gonna move on now. Sticking in the AFC North and sticking in what some people would say is Ohio. We're gonna look at the Bengals and Joe Burrow now, too. That calf injury re-aggravated to the point where he was hobbling to go shake Lamar's hand in midfield after that game against the Ravens. 0-2, you got a Monday night game coming up against the Rams. It looks like the the odds have shifted to making them two and a half point favorites as opposed to I think it was six. So it looks like they're feeling like he's not gonna play. We're going to assume just for the sake of this that he that he is not going to play. We're going to say it's aggravated and they're going to be smart with it. I want to put this at code gray for me. It's avoiding code red because it's, it's not like confirmed like that cap's not torn. It's not a, a an Achilles or something like that. So we, we don't know. If, we don't know the exact extent of it, but when you're Owen two, this is very much not good. That is your star quarterback. Who is now the highest paid player in NFL history. You look like poop so far and he has looked rusty. Your offensive line is still kind of Swiss cheese. And they have no creativity offensively besides everybody go deep or halfback swing. That's pretty much the extent of their offense at this point. I'm going to say it's Coe Gray. You've got to find a way of Jake Browning to maybe sit Joe Burrow for two to three games and see if Jake Browning can get you to two and three at this point. Because you have you have the Rams and then you have the Cardinals and I think the Titans is the other one as well. So there are some winnable games in there. So you got to find a way to get the two and three, get a bye week of Joe Burrow, then see if he can maybe take on a run like he's done the last couple of years where they start slow and then get hot. So I'm going to say Coe Gray, but... Anytime a franchise quarterback is injured like that, it it's very concerning. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm going with uh, Code Blue. I'm not concerned at all. They will survive after this. This is not the most catastrophic of the injuries we've seen, or you know that we've even witnessed, um, because they have a Joe Mixon. And while I'll say what you will about Joe Mixon, whatever the guy's been a top ten running back the last three years, as as long as he stayed healthy. And when he is healthy, he is a top 10 running back. Has it been great this season? No, that offensive line is terrible. To me, if Joe Burrow was was trying to play on Monday and successfully plays on Monday, that's a concern. That's when I go up to Code Gray. Because with a muscle, soft tissue issue like this, don't play. Stand still. Sit in a hyperbaric chamber. Go hang out in the Cincinnati River. Don't Do not do a thing. And that's the only way that muscle will, will, will come back. You cannot sit.
yeah, you can't sit here and work on it every single day and, and hope that's that's gonna gonna come out for the positive. It's just not how it works. Muscle injuries are something that you just have to stay off of. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go code blue just because this is the only way that you're gonna get Joe Burrow back this season is if he doesn't play. And in this situation, I'm not as concerned of him missing this game. I'm not concerned of him missing the next three games. Um, it's they're definitely winnable games for the Bengals, whether there's Jake Browning out there or they bring back Andy Dalton for three games. Like that's fine too. Um, but it, like seriously, I'm not I'm not that concerned. I think Jake Browning has a capable enough arm to get him two out of the three wins here. Um, especially with who they're going against. This defense is good enough to get him some wins too. So yeah, this is code blue for me. Let Joe Burrow sit. Let him get healthy. I said that at the beginning of the season. I don't want to see him for two weeks. Well, unfortunately, I saw him in the first two weeks, and guess what happened? He gets injured. So, yeah, uh, this is just continuation of let me not see him for two weeks, please, and then you might get healthy. So we'll have to wait and see. But I'm going to say code blue. I, this one's not as concerning for me at all. Absolutely. I will say, too, if they do play on Monday, that's going to be concerning, especially there in Donald and dealing with that as well, too. So let's yes. let's hope they just sit him at this point. If Jake Browning can't help you with the Rams, if you go 0-5, that's 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 code red and you basically have to win out at that point but it's better than going one and two and then losing joe burrow for six weeks and not knowing if he'll be back and then you're toast at that point so next going down the list we got saquon barkley the running back for the giants what looked like an incredibly terrible ankle injury turned out to be kind of a casual sprain it has them ruled out for this week because they play on thursday even though they tried to allude to him playing this week and i'm just and i nearly headbutted a wall when they said that but it looks like he's ruled out for this week but he is Basically, it sounds like he'll be good to go the following week, if not at worst questionable. So with this one, I am going to go with Code Blue exclusively because they're not trying to play him this week since they did actually rule him out. If they tried to get him back out there against San Francisco's defense on short notice, their season's toast. It's already in danger as it is. Their season would be toast at this point. But since they're giving him that time to heal, someone who's recently dealt with my own ankle woes, but granted, mine were a lot more stupid than his. So his were at least in the field of his were while playing. Mine were be due to faulty concrete to turf ratio. Usually I'm going to say warming that, up the play. It, the toe tap counted still, but I, I will say as well, I think they'll be okay. I think as long as it's not something that continuously reaggregates, but it sounds like it's a gray one, not even a high ankle sprain. So I think you'll be okay. And the fact they're sitting him out, I, this gives them the 10 day rest. So I'm going to go with code blue, but it would have been code gray if they still had a misquestionable or day to day. But since they'd made the smart choice of saying, don't care what they say, you're not playing this week. I'm going to give it code blue for now. They'll, They'll be okay. They're going to be one and two whether he plays or not. They're losing this week to San Francisco on short notice, I, I believe. So I'm going to say code blue. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm flipping this one. I'm going code gray. And the biggest concern about this is this is not the first time he's had a grade two ankle sprain on that exact ankle. He has had not one, not two, not three, not even four. He's had five injuries to this exact ankle in his career. Five, with them ranging from grade one to grade two sprains. All of them on this exact ankle. That's concerning to me. That's a, a level of Ahmad Bradshaw. If you guys don't remember, Ahmad Bradshaw literally had to play his last couple seasons with metal plates in his ankles because he had so many bad ankle sprains. He had seven. Saquon's at five. A guy who is so reliant on his abil- ability to push through tackles, to make sh- jump cuts and make quick movements, you cannot lose that 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 base. You lose that base, you lose your talent. So this, to me, is way more concer- concerning than the Joe Burrow injury because soft muscle can reheal. But ankles are something that degrade over time. There's no bringing back bone and bringing back connectivity, connective tissue between bones. That doesn't exist unless you get it surgically put back together. 
And so unless he's going to go get this, that tightrope, uh, you know, surgery that they give Alabama players, like it's candy, like unless you go get that, which I think he already had after the first injury, I don't know if there's how, how good he's going to look coming back. Obviously he's still going to be Saquon for a little while. And yes, it's just an ankle sprain in a lot of cases, but ankle sprains, they will build up over time and they will damage your career. I mean, I, it's concerning for a guy who is just talking about needing a new contract, wanting a new contract. And it kind of reinforces everything the Giants did to him in a lot of ways. It's like, we can't trust you to stay healthy. Well, here's his fifth ankle sprain on this exact ankle. That's, that's a problem. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go code gray because this is concerning. Is it the worst? No. But is there a path? Yeah. Hopefully Daniel Jones shows up. Um, but he'll be back by the end of this. I mean, really, he'll be back in three weeks, probably healthy, considered 100%. And, you know, it's not going to be a concern until he injures it again later on this year. And then it's going to be like, oh, maybe maybe this is a problem. But for now, it's going to be code gray. Uh, I wouldn't go code red yet, but it's one more to this ankle. I'm, I'm going to consider putting it a, as a catastrophic situation for, for Saquon because, you know, it's like one or two times, like, okay, maybe, whatever. Five times, though, is a is a consistent factor. And next, that's going to move us to stay in the running back field. That is going to take us to David Montgomery, who looks like he did dodge a major injury, and it looks like he's saying that he will play in week three as well, too, with the thigh bruise. So it looks like, by all intensive purposes, he might play. I'm going to go with code blue on this one because it looks like he might play. There's always that little bit of concern about re-aggravating it as well. But I'm, I'm going to go with code blue for now, especially because they can always lighten his workload with Jameer Gibbs very easily. So David Montgomery luckily dodging a major injury, but I'm still going to go. I'm going to go with code blue for this one as well. I think they'll be okay and as long as he doesn't re-aggravate it or completely tear a quad or something dramatic like that. They can mitigate his carries and ease him into it. Yeah, I'm code blue about this. This bru- Bruises on, on muscle tissue. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's on your thigh. That sucks for a running back, but offensive linemen pretty much deal with them regularly. So, uh, yeah, it's to me, it's not that big of a deal as much uh, here. But you know what? I, you know, they're like pitchers. You kind of have to take care of them and baby them a little bit um, when it comes to these type of bruises. I, I mean, it's it's definitely not, again, soft, muscle, soft, soft tissue injuries. I'm not as concerned about um, in the long run of things. But if it was a skeletal thing, then we'd be talking a little more problems or, uh, you know, connective tissue thing or a ligament damage. That's a little more concerning. Um, but yeah, this is like, okay. I mean, it's not like truly, let's be honest. Jameer Gibbs is out here dominating for the most part. Anyways, Dave Montgomery is kind of the second fiddle in that running back situation. So it's not like it really damages a lot, with, a lot of what the Lions are trying to do. So yeah, yeah code blue for me. Exactly. And we're going to stick with the running back field here. We're going to take a little bit of detour. We're going to look at someone who's not, his injury is not new, but it is still continuing. Linger. We're going to look at Austin Eckler with the Los Angeles chargers. Once again, missing practice here today, working through that ankle injury as well, too. Looks like he's trying to be back sooner than later, but he's still out right now. I'm going to go with – this is tough because it's in the same vein. I'm going to go with Code Blue on this one just because it doesn't seem like – it looks like it's a little bit of a nagging injury, and he doesn't have a history of injuries necessarily as well. And we all know we all know the type of back he is. And when you look at the roster, they should be okay. The fact that they keep losing is just makes no sense because they're cursed, I guess. But I'm going to go with Code Blue because I – I think you'll be to keep him out this week. Let him come back in a week. You have to win this week against the Vikings, whether he's there or not. You have the talent and the second highest paid quarterback of all time. I'm going to go with Code Blue. If they don't win this week, it's not because Austin Eckler wasn't there. It's because there's a whole different host of problems. I think so. I'm going to go with Code Blue for Austin Eckler for now. But if he misses another week, then I start to go a little more Code Gray. Um, yeah, I'm going to start at Code Gray here. 
Uh, this is to me, it's a little more worrisome. I don't trust Joe Kelly to to be able to lead that running back core. I know he's serviced okay enough right now, but you can obviously tell that Justin Herbert's missing his his weapon and and one of the best receiving backs in the game in Austin Eckler. But on top of that, as I just talked about with Saquon Barkley, this is a string of injuries to the right leg that just continues. He's talking about hip sprains. You're talking about ankle bruises, ankle sprains, ankle damage. You're talking about thigh sprains, you know, uh, knee sprains, like a leg calf strain happening after he, he you know, sprained his hip. So all these things are, are designating that, the, again, you talk about one thing goes, everything else goes. Well, this is one thing, one one injury happening and kind of a, seems like a continuation of injuries on that same leg somehow. Um, it's kind of the way the body works, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, it's a little concerning in the fact that he keeps missing games and yeah, it's not a nagging, like it's not like a same injury every time, but it's, I mean, he misses enough games now in his career that you're starting to wonder, is this going to be forever going to be his bugaboo? Is this is going to be the injuries like this? And so that is concerning to me um, that he's just going to, you know, keep, Something that's going to be a small sprain, small strain. Uh, one of these nagging issues is a little more concerning. Ness, that's going to move us now. We're going to take a look at receivers as well. We're going to go to Miami and take a look at Jalen Waddle with the concussion as well. This one, I'm go- I'm going to sound like a broken record. I'm going with Code Blue. We'll see if he clears protocol. Tyreek Hill still there. Tua still there. Mike McDaniel is still arguably the best offensive mind, not named Kyle Shanahan right now. They can send him out this week, and I think they'll be just fine. So I'm going to go with Code Blue for Jalen Waddle, assuming this doesn't turn into a what's a reoccurring concussion issue, I guess, where it's like it gets worse every week or it reoccur- a reoccurring situation. I'm going to go with Code Blue for now. I think they could survive one week if they do have to sit Jalen Waddle and let him let the mind get 100% healthy. They've shown the ability to scheme anybody open at any given moment, and now they can run the ball, apparently. Like, apparently they can do just about everything. So I'm going to say Code Blue again. Yeah, Right there with you. Code blue on this one. It's not so much down to anything other than the fact that the Dolphins can be fine without him for now. Uh, obviously, I think down the road, you'll need to probably figure some things out. But for now, it's not a, not a Dolphins issue. It's more of a Jalen Waddle issue. And um, it was concerning the fact that he needed the extra assistance um, considering everything. But the hit looked way worse than it probably ended up being. But it is still, any anytime you talk about a head situation, it's concerning. It's just not there's not been a consistent, consistent, you know, head trauma situation with Jalen Waddle. He's not had the consistent um, blows to the head that have set him out. It's not like we're, all, we're talking about Tua having another uh, head injury here. So that would be like obviously that's a code gray or possibly code red topic conversation. Um, Jalen Waddle, just take your time. Don't rush back. Listen to Tua when he says don't rush back. Um, he's obviously the expert on that team because we can't trust those doctors to not rush you back. So listen to Jalen Waddle or listen to Tua, what he has to say about that. And Jalen will be fine. I think just give him time, give him time to get healthy. This team, this offense is not a concern right now. You have Tyreek flying, flying high. You have this offense just looking great everywhere, which is shocking considering how they looked at the spring in, in, in the fall practices. So uh, yeah, you'll give a, give this one code gray for now. Oh, sorry, code blue, sorry, code blue, code blue, my bad. Next, we're going to go back to the lines and we're going to take a look at Amon Ross St. Brown with a t- looks like a bit of a turf toe concern right now as well. With this one, I'm going to go with Code Gray just because I don't like turf toes on receivers, especially with him that uses so much in and out movement, his route running, his quickness, his suddenness. His, it's going to sound cliche, but he uses his feet and his toes a lot more than some guys that just run like nine routes and that sort of thing, too. He's very, very explosive and out of route. So, and you don't get healthier by playing football. 
and you can't really just sit him out for three. I don't, and he's day to day, so he might not play this week. We'll have to wait and see. I'm going to go with Co Gray. It's not great. Maybe he misses a week and then he kind of works his way back into being good enough. He'll still be productive, but there's plenty. It's a low Co Gray. This is like a very bit, like a very, very light, like smoky lavender haze gray, or like a very, very, it's practically blue, but we're going to go with a little bit of gray just because you don't get healthier from turf toes or receiver by playing on it. But I don't think it's going to. Is that being 100%? I think he'll be like 88% going forward if it doesn't aggravate or get worse. Terry McLaurin's been working through it, and he looks fine now after having a couple of weeks to work through. So I'm going to go with a very light code gray. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with the same color gray as their their alternate jerseys, their Motor City grays. Um, I'm I'm sitting code gray as well. I don't like turf toe ever, uh, whether it's on a receiver or not. Turf toe is one of those weird things. Technically, I guess this is the definition that you're given the simplest definition of turf toe is a sprain of the main joint of the big toe. Uh, basically for football players, what that means is it is something that you have to just deal with. If you're going to play football, it's, it's up to pain. The problem is it is extremely painful. It's not as, it's not a, uh, you know, something that just goes away. It's, it's, it's up to, you know, the old rice method to get better. Um, and that's, I don't know if doctors still like the rice method, but I still, you know, Say it is what it is. It still helps. Um, rest, ice, compression, elevation for those that don't know. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, I don't like turf toe at all, and I don't like it on receivers. We talked about it with Terry McLaurin in the big in the preseason. It's something that you just have to work through pain, it's pain management at the end of the day, and that's never good. Something that's so up and down is not something you want to be injured with, um, because you just don't know how you're going to feel every day, and that's why it's concerning to me. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, I'm on, I'm on Ross St. Brown talking about the lines. I'm on Ross St. Brown is the offensive what receiver weapon for that team. Let's not kid ourselves. Exactly. He is kind of, he is kind of the guy right now as well, too, especially in that passing game. He is a very integral part of it is how we'll go ahead and describe it as well. And next, we're going to go ahead and check on just a couple more. We're going to check, check out your boy Jamal Williams as well, too, coming off a bit of an injury in that Monday night game. Did not practice Coach Dennis Allen saying he's going to need some time to recover, not giving a direct outline, anything like that. This one I'm going to revert back to Code Blue just because they weren't using him as well as I thought they could have in the first place. Alvin Kamara is coming back in a couple of weeks. So they imagine they'll feature you got Tony Jr. who somehow came out of nowhere and scored two touchdowns. So I'm going to say Code Blue for now. You Jamal Williams, good running back. You want him out there, but he wasn't being used as an integral part of their offense as it was. So I'm going to go with Code Blue for now. Let him take the time. Let him come in and hopefully integrate into that short yardage goal line back we kind of hoped and expected. And then we'll go from there. But I'll go with Code Blue for now because it also doesn't look like it's a catastrophic injury. Like you said, some time sounds like a deep, a deep muscle bruise, maybe a sprain, something like that. Something they feel comfortable with him getting through. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. It finally started to look like he was going to get integrated in the game plan this last game, and then obviously this injury pops up, and Tony Jones Jones Jr. is like, "Oh, don't worry, guys, I got this. I'll score two touchdowns for you." <laughs> um, out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere. Um, yeah, it's it's a tough situation for for Jamal, but I think it's his code blue as well. Um, you, like you said, Alvin Kamara comes back in a week and a half, and then he'll obviously be reintegrated back into the game, and then he'll be be, be reintegrating back at the same time as Jamal Williams. Problem for Jamal is, well, Tony Jones Jr. just scored two touchdowns. That's a problem. If he has a great game here, that could slide him into that number two role. Where does Jamal fill in after that? I mean, that's. So for Jamal, this is a bigger issue, but for the the Saints, it's like, all right, whatever. And we still have Shadid that can slide in and out from receiver to running back like he has all season. Um, so that's something as well. And yeah, I, for the for the Saints, you're like, all right, well, that sucks, but we should be fine. 
Um, for Jamal Williams, that's a little more concerning, though. So, code blue for the team, but for Jamal, maybe a gray and a half, maybe for Jamal. Yeah. Still, yeah. Jamal might be pushing red just because it's like, oh crap, here we go again. Here's here's what happened in Green Bay all over again. And there's Kendra Miller still there too that they like a lot that yeah. sends in the field, Who's so it should be coming off of injury himself. Exactly. So he maybe Jamal Williams ends up on the trade block, which might be good for once he gets healthy. We'll see how it all works out. But got a couple quick more we'll go through. We're gonna stick with running backs. Aaron Jones, Green Bay Packers, missing last week at the hamstring injury. Still looks like he is not practicing right now. Yep, he's still not practicing, dealing with that. This one I'm going to go with Code Gray, Gray on as well. Not catastrophic because it doesn't sound like someone's going to keep him out for like eight weeks as of right now, assuming it doesn't get worse. Maybe he plays this week. Maybe he sits this week as well. Hamstrings on running backs, you never like that. You never do. There's such inter- integral parts, especially the explosiveness. We saw what Aaron Jones means for that offense, both passing and running. Without him, their running game is, please, A.J. Dillon, break nine tackles and get seven yards because with those giant tree trunk legs. And in the passing game, he's so dynamic. So I'm going to go with Coe Gray. He makes the Jordan Love and everyone's life so much easier on offense. So for the team, you really want him back out there. But you can survive and get to, like, the same misses this week, and then the following week you get him back. So because the game he got injured in, you already won comfortably and ran away with it, and you lost this last one by one point. We'll go with Coe Gray, but you're going to need him back if you're going to surprise people and make a run at the NFC North down the stretch. And healthy, too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Code Gray. Uh, J- Jordan Love needs an Aaron Jones in his life. Um, that team needed Aaron Jones. Yeah, he needed Aaron Jones in, in, in Atlanta to win that game. Um, A.J. Dillon wasn't getting it done. Jordan Love r- running in on short-yarded situation wasn't getting it done as he couldn't even snap the ball without falling over his offensive line. Couldn't even line up correctly either. So... <laughs> Not great situations in Atlanta without Aaron Jones involved. Plus, you need him as a receiving back because, well, your receiving core is also de- uh, d- you know, being demolished by injury as well. So it's a tough situation for him. I think they'll be fine eventually, but it's going to take some time. And then here's, the, here's the, the, the backside to it. As you mentioned, running backs with hamstring injuries, they often get re-injured in the year. Well, you can't rush him back either. So if he's not good to go 100%, if there's any sort of twinge or tinge or meh, that he doesn't like going into the game, I am not playing him this weekend. Absolutely as well, too. I, I'm not messing with that because I need him for weeks eight through seventeen. If I have to if he has to sit to, to week five right now, I will t- I will test my luck with that too. He is you need him down the you need him down the stretch if you're gonna make that push. So we're gonna next go to the Colts and the Ravens game. We're gonna look at quarterback Anthony Richardson, also still currently in concussion protocol as well. No word yet on if he's going to play this week or not. This one I'm gonna st- stick with Code Blue. It's your young rookie quarterback. You obviously don't like him leaving the game with a self-reported concussion, but at the same time, a self-reported concussion is a better situation than like when we saw the Tua situation last year. So I'm going to go with Code Blue. There's a path. He's got a long career. You can sit him out this week. Let's see how it see how it goes. But nothing too catastrophic. Gardner Minshew came in and looked all right. So if I'm, the, if I'm and your expectations are so low as the Colts this year, you're not even you're not winning anything this year. You're just trying to surprise and annoy some teams and maybe get it and see if you could piss off some of your division rivals or something like that. So, or piss off the AFC North since you play them and cause somebody to miss a playoff spot. So we're going to go with code blue. You we'll see how it does with concussion protocol. If this turns into a nagging situation, then that's different. But by all accounts purposes, sounds like this might be just a football concussion, which don't want to diminish the effects of a concussion on obviously, but it sounds like this isn't, something that's going to be a lingering catastrophic issue. So we're going to go with Code Blue. You can reasonably sit him this week. It depends on how he passes protocol, et cetera. So we're going to go with Code Blue for the Colts. No pun intended. Yeah, I'm going Code Blue. And if nothing else, this is a big eye-opener for the Colts. Like, hey, maybe we shouldn't run him all the time. 
Or when we do, we should actually put protection around his run, not naked bootleg him on the backside. Just, just an idea. Just uh, throwing that one. That head on a swivel, even if the goal line is right there, look yeah. to your left as a sprinting uh, safety is coming there. I was going to say, yeah, and on the flip side of that, I mean, it gives Anthony Richardson a very strong heads up because this is the first time he's had a concussion in his career that we know about. And again, it is self-reported. It was something that he noticed, but I mean, looking at the replay, it, would, it made sense. He definitely smashed his head against the, the ground there on that hit, and that's never pretty. Uh, but, you, you know, you look at it, and in the grand scheme of the Colts' season, it's not that big of a deal because you weren't expecting a whole lot to, to begin with from the Colts this season. Uh, most everybody wasn't expecting a whole lot from the Colts this season. I might be a little higher on the Colts than most, but even with Gardner Minshew in there, this team does look to be coming back to its own um, defensively. It does look like it's working its way right, and it's not like Anthony Richardson's going to be gone forever. Um, let him get healthy. Let him get fully integrated. You don't. I don't need him to pass concussion protocol this week. Honestly, if he doesn't we even want to try to take the test next week, that's fine with me too. I'd like to see him in three in, in the third game from now, but truthfully, I it, if it takes him five games, it takes him five games. But I don't think it will. I think he could honestly pass concussion protocol right now if he needed to. Uh, but at the same time, it's I don't want to see him out there. If I'm the Colts, I don't want to see him out there for two weeks, bare minimum. And that's just because you don't want to take your rookie you just spent so much to get and throw him back out there after a concussion, aka what we saw happen with Tua. Um, I know Octua is still playing. He's playing out of his mind right now, but anybody who watched watched any of the such situations that have happened to him in the last year and a half knows that we don't ever want to see that again um, in any quarterback, no matter what team they play for. And so that is something that for the Colts, for Anthony Richardson, this might be a best-case scenario because it kind of warned them, like, hey, maybe we need to start figuring something else out. Yeah. Maybe Maybe this needs to be the plan. So code blue for now, but I think it's a code blue with a giant green light that says, figure it out. We got this. Like, you know. The weird part, too, is he's such a young guy, just turned 21, too. A lot of guys that have already been in the league for a few years that we see with those concussions, they got those concussions in college. He barely played in college, so he's got that that brain's a little bit untainted, if you will. hasn't been hit nearly as much. So we'll definitely see it. We'll see if they even try and play him this week. I don't know if they should, honestly. We'll see how the, how the protocol goes, obviously. I don't. I'm not, I'm not the doctor. I don't go, I'm not the one in charge of it. So I don't know the severity of the protocol. I don't know any of that. And I'm not going to pretend to know. All I know is we'll see what they do. Hopefully we don't see it to a situation as well. Luckily he wasn't stanky legging after getting up and getting smacked on that head. So at least we know it didn't start out like that, but we'll have to wait and see there next. We're going to have, a, we're going to have fun with this next one too. We're going to just put the entire Baltimore Ravens out there as a whole. Cause they got a nice little laundry list going players that include not pressing include Odell, Jadavian Clowney, Marlon Humphrey, Justice Hill with a toe injury as well. Like, and I think, did I already mention Ronnie Stanley it's, as well? I think Ronnie Stanley. It's, it's, I know it's 10 plus players that are on their injury report right now. So as a whole with the Ravens, we're going to go with code gray, but this is also a very, very light code gray considering you're two and zero despite these injuries. Lamar is arguably playing like the, like an MVP right now. Zay flowers is as good as we said he would be in the draft process, especially me who was head over heels for him. Rashad Bateman's healthy. Mark Andrews actually went out there and played, even in his hobbled self, led the team in targets and got a touchdown. Defensively, they are making it work. They are finding ways to make it work for the most part. So I'm going to go with a very light gray for the Ravens. The number of injuries is concerning. Their recent history with injuries is very concerning. But I'm going to say like there's a comfortable path, and then you get the Colts this week who might be on a backup quarterback. So I'll throw that on, throw that at the cherry on top of it. As long as Lamar isn't on that list, basically, at this point, as long as Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews aren't consistently on that list, 
though Juarez seems to be working itself out just fine. And Roquan Smith, as long as he's not on that list significantly too. Yeah, I mean, honestly, out of it, it's surprising that they're doing so well, everything considered, because it is concerning having 10-plus players. But, yeah, for right now, it's a light gray. It's not that bad. It's kind of that hazy, misty morning gray that's like, it's like 7.30 in the morning, and you're just trying to get out of the haze of the morning and get into the blue skies. And That's the color gray we're looking at here. It's, it's kind of tinged blue, so it's not too bad. Um, yeah, no, I just, it's, it's one of those things you just, you're just sitting here just waiting on it to, to ever impact their game. But Lamar and Mark Andrews, Zay Jones, they seem to be figuring it out pretty well. Um, and, yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I don't, feel, I don't feel bad about this one at all in the long scheme of things. I am concerned in the fact that you're exactly right. I think 10-plus guys on an injury report, yes, half of them did play last week. Doesn't matter. 10 plus guys on the injury report. And we're going into week three. That's concerning. Um, it kind of reminds me of the 49ers a couple years back. Like, you know, this literally everybody's on the IR or everybody's on the report. And how, you don't know how many people are about to be on the field. It's, but at the same time, it tells you how deep your team is. It tells you how good your team actually is top to bottom, not just the first 22, but 22 through 44 and 44 through 53. So it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be a learning learning curve for the Ravens, you know, obviously with all these injuries, but they'll figure it out. Lamar, Zay Jones, Mark Andrews, I'm not as concerned as long as all three of those are out there as well. Um, as you mentioned, Roquan. They'll be good. Right now as we're waiting for our guests to jump in as well, I also mentioned the Seahawks with nine players not practicing today, including DK Metcalf, Tariq Woolen, Charles Cross, a lot of key players there. I think they'll still be fine, kind of in the same vein as well, too. Not a lot of them are considered major injuries. A lot of them are day-to-day slash DK, they said he was sore because he got smacked in the ribs. Like they'll they'll be fine. DK just needs to eat a little bit less candy, a little bit more actual human food, and he'll bounce back just fine as well too. So I'm not. Don't drink so much Mountain Dew there, DK. Well, that's like, at least yeah, probably not. Honestly, just cut back. He, would, he wouldn't get so many personal fouls either. Uh, you know what? That's fair as well too. But at the same time, if I was built like that and candy was getting it done, I probably wouldn't change either. So who, who might argue that point? But okay, Matthew uh, Judon, calm down. Hey, he's body Sorry, built by uh, Trump, just, not body built yeah. by Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, it's close enough. You know, it's body built by plastic and 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 sour patch kids. I'm gonna not make any comments with body built by plastic jokes that will get us in a lot of trouble. But what that's no, gonna do is he, gonna... he literally used to chew uh, the story behind that is he used to chew cut up drinking straws on the sideline as instead of oh, gum, he would chew those that. during the game. Oh, I'm thinking that could go that could be taken in very many different directions in a separate. Oh, way. well, but, I'm not taking it there. I'm just letting you know the Quran Butler story. I'm drawing, the, I'm drawing the line because we after a long, long wait, we now are going to move on from the tip off to our main event. The main event, of course, features our good friend from the corner booth, the obnoxious guy yelling up and down Broad Street out every Sunday, the fearless leader of the corner booth, and one of the few Eagles fans that Kelsey's willing to tolerate for more than two and a half mm. seconds at a time. And sometimes that's even a bit of a stretch as well. We got Jared, the fearless leader of the corner booth, and Carson Wentz's biggest supporter. Jared, we appreciate you for joining. Pause, pause, pause. That's like me comparing you to Jonathan Gannon. That's that's all. You did that for three months straight. You did that's that for out three months like, to make up for it. He blew up my locker room. Okay, I I, I don't want to hear that Ginger's name ever. Okay, you you started it. I think you, Jonathan well, Gannon. Your beard is looking kind of t- looking looking kind of red right now. We don't claim him. We don't claim him. Either. Yeah. He's a Washington. false ginger. Well, you can't be a false gender, but anyways. I'm, my beard is strawberry blonde. No. Okay, and I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> with the body built by Taco Bell looking self. Like, I come on now. Let's Fair not enough. kid ourselves. And, no, and how we doing. I, I apologize like for my computer deciding you wanted to reboot in the middle of me starting it up. So, 
it's okay. When it comes to technology, we kind of expect Eagles fans to have to take a little bit of extra time too. So we're it's all it's all good in the hood. But I'm uh, glad to have was, you joining. I wasn't even gonna say it. I, I was not gonna go to the Eagles joke immediately. I was saving that one for later. That's Either okay. Way, one of you was going to say something. I was expecting it. So at this point, I, with, to, being two of my closer friends here at Belly Up, I basically was like, you know, one of them's going to say something out of pocket with the first 30 seconds to be being there. It was DJ with the Carson Wentz supporter joke. Kelsey just had to follow suit. I, you called me Jonathan Gannon for three months. It still stings as well. Listen, but. at this point, I'm I'm owning it. But the Carson Wentz one, that's taking it three notches too far. That man hurt both of us. I can say that. Kelsey said that that's a problem. But he, he hurt both of us. <laughs> Yeah, no, that man, you know what the worst part is? Like, I'm actually rooting for him to go to a team and actually start up again because I just feel bad because, like, that dude's career, that clowny hit ended his career. It just, his brain went to mush. Mm -hmm. That moment, he went from dragging, what was it, like, Greg Warding? Greg Warding about armchairs to the playoffs. Exactly. And then now, look where he's at, where he's wearing three different uniforms at once. But glad to have you for the main event here. What we're going to be doing is we like to take a, take a look at the sports world. We pick some things we're high on, whether it's team, players, betting, whatever it is, something we are really high on. Then we're going to talk about something that we're really low on as well. So as the guest, we're going to go and let you debut. We're going to start with something that you're high on. And the only rule is we can't pick our favorite teams because otherwise we'll talk about them every week, either highs or low. So what are you high on in the world of sports this week? I am high on the vibes coming out of Boulder. Okay? I was not a supporter of this whole Dion thing. You guys were with me on the show when they snagged uh, uh, the number four recruit in the country from Miami, I was livid. I was upset. But Dion has won me over. Me. Dion has won me over. Okay, and and here's the thing: is Dion never played for any of my favorite teams, but his personality and the way he and the way he always kind of just he just is very charismatic, and you want to play for this guy. And I became a full fledged like you know. Okay, listen, if, if they're not playing my canes, fuck yeah, go go buffs, right? When I watched the, the safety from, what's it called, uh, Colorado State take a kidney shot on Travis Hunter and just end his next three games, no ejection. I saw multiple dirty hits, late hits, slams guys to the ground, and I'm watching these Colorado guys get up, get moving, get back to the huddle. Shadur Sanders talks some shit to the dude, next play throws a touchdown. I'm like... The way these guys are coached, and the unfortunate thing is I think they're – I don't think this week, I think they actually may have a shot at beating Oregon because I'm not a Bo Nix fan, as you have known many times, Kelsey, Mr. Super Dad himself. Um, but I will something. say – I don't know if he's Super Dad. He's Super something, though. <laughs> Caleb Williams and them boys are going to come in and just stop him. But this week, honestly, this game will be featured, obviously, when uh, DJ comes on our show tomorrow as his usual weekly appearance to talk about the six-pack, and this is one of the first games because Oregon and Colorado is going to be phenomenal. I think it's going to be must-watch TV. I get to a little warm-up when my uh, my Hurricanes kick the piss out of my intern's uh, Temple Owls, and then I get to go up and then watch that I one. Be down. Oh, I on. know, I know, but you know what? Just like, wait, listen. Just wait until Temple puts up 40 on Miami, and you're going to be like, what just happened? It may be a 45-40. You're going to be like, week. whoa. I heard a rumor Cam Kitchens might be playing this week, and I'm like, dude was off on a stretcher, and he's coming back. I'm like, fuck yeah. Okay. I will say, I, what I do agree with you with the Colorado thing is that game with USC, whatever the over is, I'm going to throw my entire life savings at that because neither one of those teams is playing defense to save their life. Like oh, Shadur no. and Caleb are going to throw for 405 touchdowns each. So 
I'm going to throw my they're gonna, money. They're going to tout it as like the Heisman matchup. Like this is like when Deshaun played Lamar Jackson a few years ago. Exactly. It's going to be like that was, that was like a, I that left was a house party with my college girlfriend. I left the college party with my college girl. I'm like, no, we're going home to watch this game. She goes, really? I'm like, this party's dead. We're going to watch the best college football game of the year. Let's fucking go. And she didn't tell me that night, and that was the best news I heard all week. <laughs> that She understood the magnitude of it. That's Also, I'm going to add on to that. That 20.5-point spread with Oregon this week, I'm going to say Colorado covers that. I'm not going to say they win, but I 20.5-point spread, even without Travis Hunter, I think they can. if they lose, they can lose by 14 or 17. But at 20.5, Oregon's I legit, think- but like – that's a that's also, a fake. How legit is Oregon? Like, listen, they have some decent wins, but like they haven't beat a team up badly that they shouldn't have beaten up. Like their wins are expected. I want to see them play somebody who's got some fire in their gut. And I would they say this: <laughs> Nebraska's not a bad team. Neither is TCU. Colorado's kind of played up and beaten their competition. Colorado State fucking went way and above. What they were supposed to play as, but I I don't know that game to me that like yeah easily take take Colorado to cover like the fact it's twenty and a half I may lock that in now Deej. I same here I'm looking at that just keeping an eye on it like oh you know we might just throw a little bit at that because that's a good good luck Oregon even if they jump out twenty eight to nothing should do it and then we'll find a way to close the gap and make it twenty eight fourteen or something like that like I don't I can't see them losing by twenty one plus this isn't the Sean McVay don't cover at the last minute kind of thing. We don't talk about that right now. I'm still mad at him about You that. actually put money on that, didn't you? It was part of a parlay, the seven and a half. Buddy, that happened to me two weeks ago in uh, week week one of college football. I don't want to talk about it. And we don't need to talk about it anymore. That's why Sean so, McVay has on section on tier Tuesdays. Yeah, sure. that's true. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I, I just want to throw something out about Colorado. I said this before the season started. I'll say it. I said it the, again um, on your show, actually, Jared. <laughs> it was. It is that they will enter USC with one loss. Period. And I thought you were crazy. That loss now is coming, I will admit, obviously. folks, drum roll, please. Kelsey, you were right. Yeah. Kelsey, you were right. I, I will admit it. That deserves this. <laughs> Just yeah, so everybody can know, I do give these predictions. They are they they do work out. They're just never on this show. There's a reason why. I bring him on my show. It's not because he's a Cowboys fan or a Giants fan, two teams I fucking despise. It's because he's actually a smart human being. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But no, fun fact about Oregon, and this is the thing that 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 might throw some people for a loop. Oregon has only scored since being being shut down by Georgia in the uh, playoffs, however many years ago, um, or sorry, beginning of last season, forty nine to three. Since being shut down there, they have only scored less than thirty points twice. Twice. One of them That's is insane. Utah. One of them is Utah. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, Utah, and where they scored what, 20, and they won, and the other being UNC, where they scored 28 and won. Um, yeah, so this team, we're talking, like, there's multiple 40-point games in here. So it's a uh, defense, we'll, we'll just forget about it in this Colorado game. Um, yeah, that's just not, that's out the window, but I do agree. I think Colorado, it's it's a good thing happening in Colorado. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if they get past Oregon this week. So we're for, the record, for the record, their best win so far is a Texas Tech team that lost to Wyoming. Just saying. Oh, not down that at all. Too. We're gonna find. We're gonna learn a lot about them this week. That's for sure as well. But that's. I think that's a good way to wrap up the Jared's high where we were talking about. And saying Kelsey was right. That's a good way to wrap that one up. So we're. Yeah, gonna I mean, jump, absolutely. I, I feel pretty good about that. We're gonna jump into DJ's high now as well too. And this one's just gonna just gonna irk everybody on this one as well too. 
We're going to look at the Washington Commanders to be high on right now, just because I know that's going to annoy but the two other people in here as well. Not only are you 2-0 and and tied at the top of the division lead with probably the two best teams in the NFC, not including San Fran, you, you did it by beating Arizona after having a miserable first half. You had a miserable first half against Denver and showed resiliency down 21-3 to to come back. You can – it's 2-0 and is 2-0 and right now. You can – Say it's Arizona. It's Arizona. Yeah, and they also beat Denver. Two bad teams, just like the Cowboys beat two bad New York teams. Like that. Oh, I will. That, I, you already know. I will a thousand percent agree with that. <laughs> exactly. I'm simply saying, considering what did we have the what do you have the Commanders winning four games this year too? Like the expectations are real low. And offensively, they went from seven twenty fourth in scoring to sixth now. They actually look viable. Sam Howe looks like he knows. He's uncomfortably calm in the pocket to the point where it's like Sam, move, twitch. Like you wait till someone's hitting you. Sometimes. Terry McLaurin is sixteen hour. What was that? It looks like 2018 Sam Howell or whatever his freshman year was when he lit the world on fire. It looks like that Sam Howell where he's just sitting there slinging it. Exactly. Right on top. Exactly. It's Terry McLaurin, outstanding. John Dotson hasn't got loose yet. And on top of that, they can run the ball. Brian Robinson, when he actually gets the start of the season, not getting shot, looks outstanding. Antonio Gibson is still very viable. Eric Bieniemy for whatever effect he had with Kansas City, whether it's all Andy Reid. I think he had a lot to do with the run game there, finding ways to make it work with everybody, and we're seeing that in Washington. And Chase Young, first game back after 22 games and gets a sack and a half. And has Russell Wilson looking terrified when he gets going. So we're, we're going to go pretty, we're gonna go high on Washington. I think, I'm not saying it, they'll win the division. I did say that already, but I'm not going to stick to that right now. I'm not going to say they're going to be terrifying. But they're, they're legit at this point. I think, the, I think the, early in the season they've earned the right to be considered. They're, they're a quality playoff caliber team as of right now. They can change that oh, real yeah, I mean, quick. One of few teams to have two wins. Uh, but no, first of all, for clarification's sake, I gave them seven wins this season. Oh, so a lateral move to what they were last year with Carson Wentz. Yeah, yeah, I gave them seven wins. Uh, also, I to your point about Eric Bieniemy, and this is the thing that frustrates me so much about the Commanders. It's because it's true, and I was something I was concerned about with him going there. The Commanders averaging twenty-seven and a half points scoring so far this season. Chiefs without Eric Bieniemy, seventeen point five against two bad defenses. Mm-hmm. Two very bad defenses. First to 24th for them, too. Granted, um, one was by Travis, so yeah. So, yeah, tell me tell me exactly wh- where where the Chiefs got better by getting rid of Eric Bieniemy. I'll, I, I don't know yet. And that's what frustrates me about the Commanders is they, they do look good offensively. But man, that defense is still shoddy. They need, to, they need to have some work. But I do agree. I do think the Commanders are a good-looking team for now. Um, we'll see how that goes continuing uh, once they stop playing AFC or NFC West opponents. Um they got Buffalo yeah, this I mean, week, so we'll learn a lot about them this week. That's for yeah. sure. I think I think it's telling. If they can honestly, if they can give a good showing in Buffalo, lose by two touchdowns or less, I think that's a fantastic game for them. And when I say two touchdowns, I mean like we're talking twenty-eight to seventeen type of situation, not a fourteen nothing. Like I want to see offense. Like give me two touchdowns and a field goal, and I feel pretty good about the Commanders. And also, I've, on the flip side of that, I mean, don't they could honestly blow out the Bills just with the way Josh Allen's been playing. So that defense shows up, and that front four is as good as it looks on paper. It's possible. And receivers but, have been able to get open on that secondary, surprisingly, as well, too. And that, that's yeah. the best. That oh, Terry McLaurin is still the stupidest. Oh, he's still, to he's still a top 15 receiver. There's no question. Um, he so my biggest thing, and I, I agree with you. I think the commanders have been great. I think Eric Bieniemy. I will eat my words. I said Bieniemy wasn't the reason, but clearly he is, and it's because of the Kelsey. You me both played O line. You, you obviously a lot farther than I. I stopped in high school. Um, when I I look at O line play, when I look at how a team is, is successful on tape, 
And when I watch the Chiefs, there's a lot more congestion. Things move a little sluggish, even in passing plays. One play that stuck out to me was the Detroit game where they were doing their little bobble catch BS, whatever the hell that was. And it just didn't, it just stopped in the backfield. That used to score every time. And then I look at the, the everything for the commanders is simple, but it's effective. There's no wasted effort from any player on the field, all 11 guys. And so I don't think they're going to win more than maybe six, seven games. I think if you realize the Cardinals are going to be a bottom three team and uh, let's let's be honest. The Broncos will be a bottom five team as well. I think they realize that Russ is not That's the good. answer. I think it's the Drake May or Michael Penix sweepstakes at this point. And now I think Sean Sean Payton's just saying f it. Let's just throw some at the wall, see if it sticks. So, but I agree with you. I think the Commanders have played really well. I think they're going to be a surprise team. Hot take: I think the Giants may have the worst record in the NFC East by the end of this. No, that that's pretty not a hot take on this show. Granted, it might still be a winning record with the way those two teams play. I, with the way the I gave them six wins and a fourth place finish in the NFC East. So it went. It went from I had them in second place. Now I got them dropping to. I don't know. I had them tied for second place because I thought they were going to improve this it. year. You stop it. I can't remember honestly that those the episodes Cowboys Mar- hate flows through you. Those epi- there's episodes of Martha's Vineyard like are really fogged with alcohol and cigars. So I'm like, I wonder why. I, I will say, I think we're kind of agreeing. The NFC East might be the best division, but the Giants might unfortunately be the seller the way the Commanders and obviously the Eagles and the Cowboys. Oh, play as well. So that's that division's absolutely stupid. And I look, for, we'll see. We're going to learn a lot in in DC this week when they play when they play the Buff when they play the Bills. And those tickets are still stupid expensive because I want to see Josh Allen in person. They told me no because my God, I'm not made of money. But Kelsey, we're going to send it over to you now to wrap up the highs. What are you high on in the sports world this week? Yeah, uh, I'm going to stick with kind of playing off of jared's colorado conversation um but i'm gonna take it a step in a different route and i'm gonna say the pac-12 quarterbacks right now uh pac-12 quarterbacks are looking something else right now we talked about shador sanders at colorado we've talked about caleb williams mentioned there michael Penix, who was having himself one a heck of a year in washington i thought he was going to do this last year he's taking a took a break and decided he's going to do it this year um looking fantastic he's making that team play difficult uh, play everybody difficult, and then Oregon with Bo Nix. I'm sorry, he made maybe I may not trust him to save my life, but you know what? Right now, the dude's playing out of his mind, and if they can go in and beat Colorado, this is really going to dictate to me who takes the edge in in that that conversation to to possibly uh, uh, upset Caleb Williams at the end of the season. Um, but yeah, I think I think right now Pac-12 quarterbacks are are looking fantastic. Uh, looking at looking to take the Heisman race, and let's not forget Cam Rising when he comes back, if he can come back this season with Utah, this dude is still he was a number seven finisher in the Heisman Heisman race last year. The dude can win games when he's healthy, and he can run, he can throw with the best of them. He's the dark horse for a first round pick later this this year. Well, I guess that's next year. So I'm gonna say Pac-12 quarterbacks right now are looking fantastic, and that's my high for this last week. I'll double down on that and say the Pac-12 has one third of the top twenty-five right now. Considering they're basically falling apart right before our eyes, too. It's just yeah, it's exactly. It's, it's the most what the fuck scenario <laughs> of all time. Like you can't write this shit. It's it, that's why it's so fun. I, I love it. The Pac-12 is kicking ass in their last year of being a conference. It's it's the best way of going out in style I've ever seen. I just feel like it's going to be an empty promise at the end. Of it. This is what I'm always concerned about with the Pac-12. It's it looks great. It's it's a great window dressing. But is there every, substance every, behind the window? But you say yourself, every team in the Pac-12 is a flaw. Oh, yeah. Never seen hey. one. 
Oh yeah, major I mean, flaws. A lot of them defensively, weirdly enough, too. So we'll see what absolutely. happens when they can't score fifty. I call it the Pacific Passing League for a reason. <laughs> All right, Pacific Passing League. So this is, let's let's jump straight into our this week's lows. Uh, Jared, again, we're going to start with you as our guest of the this New honor. York Football Giants. As a team who I say every freaking year is going to finish in second place in the East, I believe in them every damn year. And some either the Eagles or Cowboys is the team that snakes it from them. I was a believer in Brian Dable. I said this guy is going to be the nightmare that I sleep about because it's not Dak Prescott. Um, what I will say is that, yes, it was a very admirable comeback they made against the, the worst team in football, the Arizona Cardinals. Congratulations. I'm going to read you guys the schedule for the Giants next couple weeks. Niners on Thursday. Seahawks Loss. next Monday. Loss. Dolphins the following Sunday. Bills Loss. the following Sunday after that. Loss. Commanders toss up, probably loss. Jets at home, technically. We got a dub. We might have a dub. Raiders dub. Yeah. Kelsey's Cowboys. That's an ass whooping. Yeah, that's, that's that's a dub. Thirty nothing. Ba- debating I, I, I on the health of Deco- giving it, getting a debating on, on the health of Mr. Pollard and Mr. Prescott. That's a dub. Um, commies, coin flip. Patriots. I, I can't believe that one. I don't know. It's weird. Like Patriots, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch that with a ten foot ball. Then you have Packers, Saints, and then Eagles, Rams, Eagles. Guys, there's a real problem here that the Giants may not win more than six games. And here's the unfortunate part: is that they did not fix their biggest problems in the offseason. They're one of two teams who did this. The other team plays in Chicago, where your biggest glaring need was not fixed. Offensive line health and wide receivers. The the Bears fixed their wide receiver problem, but it wasn't one of the big three, big two problems. The Giants have their best, most dangerous receiver. If I'm in, if I'm an opposing defensive player, because I, I Darren Waller's a, a hamstring is going to go by week four. It always does. If he even does play, you just bracket him with a linebacker, and he becomes useless until the fourth quarter. Or he just doesn't throw the ball. So. Exactly. You run it. You do this. What the Eagles did, where you just have Hassan Reddick follow around Daniel Jones like a like a freaking shadow. He doesn't run unless you tell him to run, or it's just so open. It's like the size of Texas, like you did against Arizona. So the problem is, is that well, who's downfield? Darius Slayton, the ghost of Darius Slayton. Then you have Wandell Robinson, possibly, and then this new kid, Jalen Hyatt, which I love Jalen Hyatt, by the way. He's what I thought John Ross was going to be, where he's just fast. He can run straight. You go up against real teams like Dallas, San Fran, Philly. I'll even throw fucking Detroit and Seattle in there. Of NFC teams that actually might probably even even Green Bay that will make the playoffs. Yeah, no, this is gonna get ugly. And the problem is with it with I think in my my boss, shout out to my boss JP at work at Delgado Stone. He said to me, he goes, The Giants got hot at the right time. They got a lot of lucky wins. The Vikings got all the attention for the one one possession wins. But if we go back and look, the Giants had a lot of those wins. We're like, wait, how the hell did they come back? They got hot. They made a couple good plays. Momentum sunk in, and they won. But then they ran into a buzzsaw in Philadelphia. Even if they somehow beat Philadelphia, they were going to run another buzzsaw in San Fran. There's there's an old line from Moneyball. There's 50 feet of crap, and then there's us. There's the big three teams in the NFC, Dallas, Philly, and San Fran. There's 30 feet of crap. There's Seattle, Detroit, and Green Bay. And I throw Atlanta in there. And then there's everything else. And then there's way down there, just above, I'd say, 
you know, the Bears, the Vikings, Cardinals. Is Hold on, now. Let's push back on the Vikings offense. Yeah, the <laughs> offense is great, but their defense can't stop anybody. The Giants they can't play. do anything. Yeah, the Giants, the Giants, I, I, it's just they gambled on the wrong positions and they signed the quarterback who literally needs to have 20 plus, 10 plus carries to be effective. That's not good. That's why I'm low on them. And I, I thank you for coming to my TED talk. I'm out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, glad oh, you heard me. Jared's out for the day. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I think, I think we all, I think we're all in agreement for, for the Giants that struggle bus waiting to happen. I mean, if you guys saw our, uh, tier I'm Tuesday yesterday. Bets on you, them. I'm done blowing bets on them. Yeah. Okay, if you saw our Tier Tuesday yesterday, DJ and I gave our, our complete feelings on the Giants, or at least I, I gave I my complete feelings on the Giants. Of it, but I saw the Giants pick. Yeah. I, I will say, I, if they want to turn it around, they're going to have to win a couple of games they have no business winning. That might start Thursday, but I'm not betting on Thursday. Like, especially without Saquon, they're going to have to steal an Eagles and a Cowboys. They will probably. cover, by the way. They will cover, but they're not winning. They'll find a way to cover just to annoy people. It's a Thursday night game. They always fucking cover on prime in like weird primetime games. Except last Thursday, but that's neither here. We're not going to talk about sports. (laughs) We're not going to talk about that. (laughs) Shout out to Morgan Man Sports. There, our our resident Falcons fan. Uh, He's been through a lot, and uh, you know what? We support anybody who can stand the Falcons this long. I'm I'm going to fully support them every single time I get a chance. One of the most positive dudes I've ever met when it comes to the Falcons. Yeah, there's a lot more power to him because I'm not that positive in the Cowboys, well, and I'm a Cowboys a, fan. I mean, he's also a Georgia Bulldogs fan, man. So he's got a lot to be happy about, at least at the college level. And he also he's a, he no, covers no, a lot no, of gaming. They're never happy, trust me. He covers Georgia a lot of gaming. Never happy. He's <laughs> covers a lot of gaming. So at least like you know, like the popularity Call of Duty this year, and then you got the new one coming out in a month. Even though I will not buy it because Call of Duty lied to me last year. <laughs> they say they're oh we're not releasing well, another game. You say that like they never do lie. Oh no no no! I was just every year about, for thirteen years. I stopped buying the Game Pass after the third one. I just wanted a cool ghost skin because that's my favorite character. I literally named my cat after him. So, okay, then I know that's, that's good reason. Lie of duty, but we're gonna go and jump into lows here, and I'm gonna look at coaching specifically, and I'm looking at the offense in Chicago. I'm having a major problem with that, considering we look at Justin Fields, he looks kind of terrible. We're not gonna lie, he has looked bad. Those offensive play calls are absolutely miserable. You don't call a middle screen to the halfback on back-to-back plays buried on your goal line. You look no, at the no, no, look, no, no, you missed one back to back to back plays. Excuse me, that I'm just I'm just going by what type of base they said back to back, so I'm quoting no, no, I'm no, it was back to back to back leading to the pick six. I know I'm quoting the other team that said that we said knew exactly what they oh. were running. Your the concepts you see guys running curls three yards apart, they are right next to each other. There's nothing he can do. The pass Who's pro, was he? Uh, Luke Getze, the old Green Bay one, the That's old Green true. Bay quarterback coach. Like Which I, I, have, old I have a Green Bay coach. Exactly. Like they, their play calls make no sense. They have Cole Komet, who's a Jason Witten clone trying to run a deep wheel route. Like that man does not, that man is molasses and they're trying to have him wheel routes. You haven't thrown a single screen to DJ Moore, who's electric with the ball in his hands. His best asset Literally is one of 60 yarder to the house in preseason. in preseason. And you haven't thrown that once since the season started. Like I, Justin Fields is not on the move. Justin Fields has played bad. But could you look at a worse situation for him at the same time, a, where you have three curls within five yards at each other? At least last I mean, year, they last year was, beat the running out of him. It seems like. Yeah. They last year they had thirteen rush attempts in the first game. This year he has thirteen rush attempts all season, and most of those are him running then, on pass yeah. plays on top of it, not even designed runs, which makes it even worse. And I'm gonna throw on top of that too, just to pay about that. I'm changing my tune. Aaron Rodgers deserved both those MVPs he got. Yeah, Nat Hackett is an offense coordinator, and Luke Getz, he's his quarterback coach. He drug those guys to 70 touchdowns and seven picks in two years. 
So I changed my mind. Aaron Rodgers that's might be in the next conversation. I've ever fucking heard. Oh my he God. might be in the GOAT conversation after all. We might be underselling how great Aaron Rodgers was when you look at those two coaches he had those last few years. I know Matt LaFleur has been fine and he looks good right now, but with Nat Hack as an offensive coordinator, Luke Getz is your quarterback coach. What he did, Aaron Rodgers might be even better than I thought. He might be in that Peyton Manning, Tom Brady category after all. He's That's absolutely ridiculous. But I mean, I had him there anyway, but yeah. Um, fair point. But he might even be – anyone who thought he was any lower, he might be even better than we thought. And let's throw on top of that too. The Bears got a 12 – they're debt 12.5-point underdog since Kansas City, and they might not even cover that with the way things are a mess there right it now. They might not so. even score 12.5. Exactly. Like it's a, unless they just say – Justin Fields go, looks at the coach and pulls a Jay Cutler and just says, I'm calling the plays from now on. And starts let's go back to the triple option, fellas. We'll run it that way. <laughs> Which boat, ladies and gentlemen? A more deep post. If it's not there, I'm taking off. Everybody else just kind of runs something but don't yeah. run into each other. Look, Ryan Day is about to get fired from Ohio State anyway, so just give him the benefit of the doubt and take him out now and hire him as, as the OC for, for the Bears. And I swear, you'll get at least one touchdown on a play-action deep post, which is actually technically an option. for It's a post-corner option. Anyways, they, they run it every time they needed a touchdown at Ohio State. They do it again uh-huh. in the pros. Good catch, by the way. Exactly. It's the same pass he threw against Clemson two years in a row. One, he won. Uh, well, the first year he lost, and then the second year he won. Um, well, the one he the one he won, lost he underthrew by like five yards. But yeah, that's and the receiver ran over into the corner while he threw the post on top of it. Like my point is, I don't know how good Justin Fields is. He maybe he really is bad, but there's way too much time we've seen too much from him for it to look this bad as it does right now. And that's not to say he has played good this year and it's all Chicago's fault. He has his own issues. But my goodness, I have not seen a more cluster f of an offensive scheme schematic oh. players. You know, since last year's Colts, really. But like at, at this point, it's been absolutely, <laughs> it's been absolutely terrible. Uh, I'm going to use that. I'm not even going to say anything about the Bears because I'm going to use that to segue directly into Milo, which is also coaching, which is also a terrible offense and something we are just like laughing about here. Um, but for everybody who's actually a fan of this team, I feel so bad for you uh, because we've been talking about this guy needing to step it up as an offensive coordinator and head coach. And that's Kevin Spansky. Ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Spansky. Yeah, his quarterback has more personal fouls than any other offensive skill player in the league. Well, he, fact, he, he does have a history of putting his hands where they don't belong, so that's not surprising. Mm, I'm not going there, but yes. uh, uh, anyway, so yeah, Kevin Stefanski is the uh, god-awfulest offensive Legend. coordinator I think I've ever seen. Um, he also is doing so with supposedly a $200 million quarterback. I've yet to find him. I'm not sure if he even exists in the state of Ohio because there's one supposed to be in Cincinnati, but, well, he's on the injury report. Um, and since then, I mean... They're definitely not talking about me, so I don't know where this $200 million quarterback is. Uh, yeah, you look, obviously, yes, losing Nick Chubb, that's a huge pain, but you still have Mark Cooper, you still have Eli Moore, you still have Donovan Peoples-Jones, which is somehow a capable receiver in the NFL. Surprised me. Joker. Yeah, you have a David Njoku, you have Harrison Bryant, who, by the way, Harrison Bryant is still a fantastic tight end. If you have a quarterback that can actually throw the ball to his receiver and not behind his receiver, you wouldn't get a pick six. Uh, that defense... Grant Delpit looks good. Okay. That's where I got it for you. Um, but yeah, like you have tons of skill across this team. You have Miles Garrett. You have everything. But where's the offense at? You have skill players there. You have a $200 million quarterback that's supposed to be the savior of your franchise. Where's he at? Where does this exist at? So Kevin Spansky to me, number one worst offensive coordinator and coaching wise, god awful. I, I, yes, that is the only worst situation that. Justin Fields could ever be in is if somebody put him in Cleveland. 
Well, as as vice president of the Kevin Stefanski Sucks fan club, I salute you, sir. Um, I'm glad you're vice president because I've definitely took over the presidency. No, no, Ke- Kevin. It's, it's a co-presidency between DJ and I, maybe. Um, uh, I can't remember who treasurer is, but um, I believe it's a Cleveland Browns fan. Uh, here's the deal: is that I got a couple. I have been shitting on Kevin Stefanski since I watched one game of watching him and Baker. I, I think so. This is why I'm a big Baker guy, is because I think he hinders quarterbacks. And he relies on having elite running back play. Because since he's been the head coach, he's had a top five running back the entire coaching career. And now, unfortunately. Between the 20s. What? He has a top five running back between the 20s. Because he pulls them out to put in the backup running back to go score the touchdowns inside the 20s. Thank you for why I hate Kevin Stavansky reason four. Um, That being said, as somebody who's drafted Nick Chubb before and gotten burned because of Stavansky's lack of touchdowns, also, we also ignore the fact that Deshaun Watson missed an entire year and a half of playing football. No, no, we and, still see that. Oh, no, 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 no. But like, people ignore that fact. Sometimes I'm like, why is he not good anymore? It's like, it's the same reason why I shit on Justin Fields. It's that, and actually different reason why I shit on Justin Fields. It's a different one. But it's the same reason why I look at the whole Stefanski offense. They have basically run on the fact that they have a V8 engine in the back of their backfield in Nick Chubb. He's gone now. They're running with a couple four cylinders and a six speed transmission, six barrel with uh, Nick. Dude, this, uh, with Cream they're putting, Hunt, with in, they're Cream. putting in the Honda Civic that every kid owned from like yeah, Cream Hunt, who basically 2014. Yeah, listen, listen, Cream Hunt's gonna be fun. I signed him in in, in the, the Belly Content League because I was like, you know, what? fuck it. At I this point, you. my running back core is abysmal until Austin Eckler comes back. So screw it, I'm gonna hang in there. But uh, me and Matt did not have the best draft. Also, I was packing for. Work, so I was not paying attention to that draft. I packed for right, the right, 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 Yeah, right. so bastards took Jalen Hurts. Um, <laughs> I'll still trade him. By the way, all day, Smith? every day on Sunday, I will keep that man. <laughs> I hate you. All right. Anyway, um, yeah, I just have I'm I'm interested to see everyone see what I've seen for years, where Stefanski is the most mediocre mediocre play caller I have ever seen in my life. And now his bell cow is gone, and you are going to see this team implode. Cleveland has now, with the Nick Chubb injury, gone from a, I'd say, early teens draft pick to a top top five, top eight pick with one injury. Gone. Done. They may be top four by the end of this if they can't figure it out. Kareem Hunt may keep them out of the top three, but that's about it. Because Deshaun Watson is not good anymore. Amari Cooper made the dumbest decisions of life going to Cleveland. Or he's traded to Cleveland, right? Yeah, for a fifth. Never mind. Um, Best fifth round pick of my life. Hmm. Nah, there you go. I wish, you, I wish I still had Amari Cooper. I'm just, yeah, you yeah. have – listen, Donovan Peoples-Jones as a third receiver after Elijah Moore and Amari Cooper, it's not a bad – it's not a bad core. And Joku That's is honestly, talent-wise, has the potential to be a top-10 tight end. Cedar Grove's finest shout-out. Um, I knew it was coming. Listen, I knew it was coming. It's the same high school. He was my mom's high school. I gotta shout it out. Um, he also went to went to the U. So that well, that's implied. Everyone knows I'm a Miami fan, so that's why it's like. But like, like I've met. I I've literally been, I've I've met his. I've seen his parents at a deli. I was at my parents' hometown. They're not the nicest people on the fucking planet. Um, anyway, it's just the the Browns are a dumpster fire waiting to happen, and the linchpin was Nick Chubb's injury. I'm gonna throw on top of that too. It doesn't help when that $230 million quarterback is skipping passes to his wide to the guys that are open when they are schemed open as well. And when he's missing a lot, Donovan McNabb post Eagles career. 
You know, literally, this has been Deshaun's entire career. He's had this exact struggle his entire career. When he's when he's outside of structure, making those fantastic plays like we saw in Houston, that's great. But when it's in a structure, we've seen this. I don't want to say happy feet, I guess, as well. But you can see when it comes to traditional quarterback is where he struggled. When he's in, a, when he's being an improviser is when he's been incredible. Problem is, you can't improvise every single play, which we kind of learn over time. Yeah, and he, we'll so we'll see if he can. We'll see because it has not looked pretty through eight games now with him as well. And like you said, if they end up with that top eight pick, Houston's going to love that because it's still Houston's. They're stuck with Kevin Stefanski's job is on the line. Whether he coaches, he calls the best plays of his life. If number four can't complete him, he's gone regardless because you've invested way too much in number four. To If someone's going to make a change, it's going to be him that's gone. So either way, like you mentioned, it's a dumpster fire in Cleveland. He's got to ch- flip his offense on his head. They got to turn that into a spread system and be like, you know what? We're going to lose. We're going to make sure it is clear whose fault it is and try and basically point all arrows at number four because otherwise right now they're all looking at the guy wearing the headset at this point. So you got to find a way to flip uh, your offense completely on its head. The 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 hopping the passes situation, I don't know if you guys remember Vince Young uh, watching his passes as well. He also struggled with it. Similar to Peyton Manning when he's got the early days of that tiptoe pass he does. And the reason why he gets so high on top of the ball, he does not know, they do not know when to let it go. So they hold on to it for too long. Spike it into the ground. And it's just the, it's the throwing motion. It's their natural throwing motion. That slingy throwing motion that Vince Young and Deshaun share. It's that same throwing motion and it just gets a little wild sometimes. It's I'm just using Peyton Manning as the example of the super over-the-top pointing down type of pass. Um, but yeah, that's... They'll, I don't know if they'll ever figure it out, if, if Deshaun can figure it out, but it's been something that's been a problem in his career forever. So yeah, uh, Kevin Spansky plus Deshaun. That's why the Browns are in my lows for the week. It's, def- it's definitely not looking pretty in Cleveland, but you're still one on one, and your defense has given up one touchdown so far, and you haven't let anybody in the red zone yet. So maybe they and you have a chance maybe, to win out for the rest of the month. I don't know it, how. And you still play the AFC South, and that division stinks. So there's there's a chance there's chances across the board, but that's going to do it here for the main event, which is now going to take us into Kelsey's favorite part of every show, and that is of course Crunch Time. Crunch Time brought to you, of course, by Outlier. Go to outlier.bet backslash high low sports. Get yourself a free seven-day trial. Try and bet smarter, not harder, and win yourself some money in the world of sports. So, Jared, for crunch time, what we like to do is we basically like to pick – think of it like your version of the dartboard, I guess. We pick something in the world of sports. We want to rant about it. We want to recap it. We want to rank it. As the guest of honor, you can go ahead and take away for crunch time. What's on your mind? What's on my mind is that – By the way, this is PG-13, just fair warning. Oh, um, I, I, I know. I'm trying to word this without cursing. Um, Sorry, children. Hang on, hang on. I'll get, I I'll get ready. My with biggest pet peeve is that during the off season, I had to hear a lot. Relax, okay. Um, Sorry, I was just getting ready. the the most The most insane take I heard was that of Mr. James Jones, amazing big game receiver for the Green Bay Packers, was on uh, first take with Shady Joy Taylor and that random white guy. I don't know who his name is. Um, he's a Cowboys fan, so I know about him. Anyway, um. <laughs> um, he said he goes. There's no, there's no comparison. The talent level wise, Justin Justin Fields is better than Jalen Hurts. And aside from my admiration for Jalen Hurts, aside, um, I think the charade's over. I think this year has been the year of exposing bad takes that have lingered. Whether it's Stefanski's a good play caller or Justin Fields is a talented NFL quarterback. Or Andy Reid was the only reason why the Chiefs' offense was legitimate. There's a lot of things that are being exposed here in the NFL that are very interesting. A lot of storylines. 
and it's week two, week week three starts tomorrow, and the chaos is only going to continue. It, I just, I, it's unfortunate we've had so many injuries, and it's really making me sad. I would have loved to see Rodgers play for the Jets. I would have loved to see Nick Chubb finish the season, finish the season with the, the uh, Browns being the only co- real running back who got a real actual deal besides, I think, McCaffrey and Henry. So it's like there's only three that really got a legitimate second contract. I don't consider Miles Sanders as a second contract. It was kind of like a in-between. But it, it's, it's really sad because Chubb was one of the most exciting running backs to watch. Rodgers in the Jets, the, he came out with American flag. I was like, yeah, America. Woo! And it just, up, up, it's over. And that lasted like most people's promise. Listen, as, as reigning clowns of the week, the Mara family for not investing in actual grass for the Meadowlands. Um, I can make jokes all I want about it, but it's just the, the NFL injury bug this year has been brutal. Um, and that's, I guess my rant, it's just, it sucks. I mean, Cooper Cup's out until what? November. Chronic hamstring injuries. You Potential have Boss um, Neckler's like ankles shot. OBJ's got an ankle now, and it just keeps on happening. It's like it's just this is the fastest I've seen just injuries pile up in one shot, and it it, it really sucks. And then you also have the Jonathan Taylor situation, which isn't even injury related. It's just the weirdest well, start to a season I've ever seen in my life when it comes to injuries or non-football, whatever the fuck it is. So, it's can we? Uh, up there goes the first cars for kids. Um, I don't. Know, I just I would kill, <laughs> kill for a a week without somebody's knee getting bent sideways, yeah. somebody getting a nasty concussion, somebody's shoulder getting bent out of its socket. I don't know. Just can we have a clean a cleaner week, injury wise? But hey, shout out to the ref. You haven't been terrible this year. So far, not embarrassing. Not so I can't far, really nothing that makes me want to pull my hair out. You got a participation trophy, kids. Yeah, and you um, jinxed it. So now we're gonna get that clean bill of health, but it's gonna be replacement refs this week. So other than that, it. Josh Gaddis should never be a college football coach ever again. That man is the biggest fraud I've ever seen in my life. You I know, that's me. I'd say that's a pretty good way to wrap up crunch, crunch time. So, Jared, before we get out here, go and let everybody know where they can find you and when they can find you. Well, don't follow my Twitter because I don't really post anything except for Corner Booth stuff. Uh, you can follow everyone at Corner Booth Pod. You have me, Matt, Chris, and Mason all posting stuff as well. Uh, you can follow us basically on everything social media. So Twitter or X, Reels, or not Reels. What is it? What, what's the what's the Twitter version of like Twitter? Now? Oh, no, the uh, threads. X, is it, uh, threads. Yeah, whatever. Threads, Facebook. Meta vision of Twitter. <laughs> high low spot. Uh, high low spot. Instagram at Corner with Pod. You can, you can find get us DJ on our show. We go live every Monday at seven and every Thursday at seven. Monday only Even on YouTube. We don't ever show up on this Monday show. Yeah, we're, we're DJs randomly show up. Kelsey randomly show up. Um, you know, every Monday at seven, every Thursday at seven as well. DJ usually is a regular on our Thursday show. Kelsey pops in from time to time as well. It's a good show. We like to hang out. We try to make it feel like you're at the sports bar shooting this shit with us and. Talking sports, drinking beer. It's kind of the uh, whole uh, array we try to bring up. Uh, I And also, you know, it's just a good time. We also do betting picks that usually go wrong and haywire as usual. So speak for yourself. Quite <laughs> lightly when it comes to the betting picks on that show. The, like yeah, no, said, no, no. Just, just, just don't. If, if ever Matt goes on a biblical rant, just ignore everything he says. Or also anything the intern says, just don't trust it. Because I think he's. 12 points below Matt right now in last place. He's an Eagles fan, so definitely don't trust him. 
Well, okay, okay, hold on. I have to step in on this one. I have to apologize on the intern's behalf. I gave him Toledo, and I didn't expect Toledo to get robbed by the refs from that that one. He they got the absolutely robbed. The pre-show meeting, I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, I I, need to I felt so bad because I, I put to- money on Toledo. And then I set your intern up to to win that game. He was going to have a great underdog pick. It was going to be fantastic. And then the refs are like, no, none of that. None of that. We're going to take everything away from you. By the way, that quarterback was there for the first down. Oh, my God. That was great. We're in the pre-show meeting. It's like it's a club. It's like Labor Day. He's like exhausted. He's like, he's like, God damn, Kelsey. (laughs) (laughs) He was as well. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for having me on, as always. I always appreciate coming on every four months I roll in here. Hey, you know, that's more than that. It's a quarterly thing. So it it is a privilege. So you are welcome, sir. And we thank everybody else for joining us here on this Wednesday evening or one of their favorite places to catch their podcast. We'll see you all again next week.